0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. What are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling.
1: Music. We
2: are just getting
1: started. Finally. A podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. I'm
0: gonna get There's a little boy cut Later. This
1: is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Woo! Here's CM and BD. Hello. Yo,
3: what's going on, man? What's happening? Let's dedicate this episode to Dr. Johnny Fever, Howard Hessman.
4: That's he, right. You better do your Dr. Been, G- I, Dr. I, I, you got
3: to do it again. I did my Johnny What'd you say? You got to do it again. No, I can't do it again. That's a one time thing because I didn't even know he was going to leave us man that's I've just always wanted to do that if you if you're a Facebook friend of mine you know that my um, Facebook title picture for has forever been Johnny Fever and yeah. the funny thing is I have Johnny Fever and Jennifer Marlowe Lonnie Anderson because it, hmm. the, the thing is like my my wife's name's Lonnie and then I'm kind of like Johnny Fever so that was the whole thing there but uh, man grew up watching Johnny Fever Howard Hessman peace and love my friend he made what was 80 something years old man that's good that's cool
4: 82 is what 82, 82. Yeah. so uh, and he, yeah, he did a lot rest in peace to Dr. Johnny fever yeah, so this, our favorite this
3: dedicated to uh, Dr. Johnny fever. And I guess one thing I can do that I did was booger. I didn't throw that in at the end. I was too excited to get to that song.
4: That's that's for Dave fortune as well. Dave was like, where's the booger. So Dave, there you go. There's your booger.
3: No, for sure. Dave. Yeah. It was funny. because I was so excited to get to that jamming part that I forgot. I totally forgot about booger. I should have ended the show with that, but, um, and this is great. So, I have been watching way more wrestling than uh, Boba Fett and Star Wars right now. So, I'm really excited about the next guest. Because if you know me, Brent, you know I love my that's classic true. wrestling, man. Classic I'm born wrestling. in the – I was born in the very early 70s. So, I am a Gen X uh, student, right? Like, you know what I mean?
2: Way before way, me. The very
3: early 70s I was born. <laughs> and I love it, man. So, that was, you know, I got the 80s. You know, the, I'm a Gen Xer. So, yeah, my wrestling like – my wrestling was the best wrestling.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I came through it too, man. And it, it was no, I know, you know right? That was, that was, sorry, I was Our late wrestling. to. I was late to it. Not uh, like you know, us in Canada, we only had Maple Leaf Wrestling, and we had all these kind of. Um, we were you limited know, these things, but we were limited, and lead that lead into WrestleMania One. We never really got up here. We really didn't get any kind of wrestling coverage until. After WrestleMania 1, maybe into WrestleMania 2, and then that just ran from like 86, 87 on in Canada. It ran. It was nuts and it was crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we got lots to uh, get to today. Our guest this week, unfortunately, uh, had a me- his wife had a medical emergency last week. So we had to push, which led to a solo episode of Chris doing a breakdown of Daredevil, which did monster numbers. So, everyone, thank you for listening to that yeah. and watching.
3: Thank you very much for watching and listening to my Daredevil episode, man. That was fun.
4: And I would have made Kevin Smith proud. Yeah, uh, I would have. But uh, keeping with the podcast theme and what's going on, we got a couple things we're going to get to today. Number one, uh, we're going to have a very special guest on today. Number two, then we got two more guests joining us as normal. Uh, we got Mike and Jimmy coming on that are going to talk, uh, join us for a little bit of a roundtable on <sighs> Boba Fett after we're five episodes in and what's everyone feeling. And then Chris has got a wee bit of a uh, comic announcement. Yeah. Mm, comic There we go. And no, along with it, a great, knoswick, a great
3: so. deal for the comic fan. Um, I, I hate the fact that it's seven dollars shipping for a book. Like that just that blows my mind. But again, I pay it when I buy comics, and this is just in Canada. We've had people from Australia, Brent, spend twenty two dollars on shipping mm. for one comic book. I know. It's Thank nuts. you, Australia. Well, we're selling these comics are going to Australia, they're going Lynch. to the States. Australia's the farthest it's gone. Um, we haven't had any hits in England yet, I don't think. Um, a bunch of the states, and and thank you, my American friends, because they're paying the the shipping as well. But anyway, so three issues, right? In yeah. Canada, one issue costs seven dollars shipping. You add an additional issue, it's only a dollar. All right, that's how the mail system works. So I'm going to have a deal. So you buy issue one, two, and the new issue three, and it's only going to cost you seven, eight, seven, eight, ten dollars shipping. There you go. All right. $10 shipping on three books. So you can get all three of the books. You're only paying a dollar shipping on two of them. One, there's the one we, we there's two, two three. and here comes number three. Yeah. So this one is funny. And this one's all about wrestling. Perfect timing. This is about the wrestler El Terrifico and how he's taken over the Kingston pen. And it's funny, dude. It is like, uh, what do they call it? It's not, yeah, it's like a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, and that's what, when these t- characters are, are, are in the book, that's what you're going to expect is some dark, comedic stuff because they're wrestlers man and they're funny and they are a little bit possessed so there's some heads that are going to be ripped off and such
4: without further ado we have a, a guy coming on here who's gracious with his time yes his dad
3: i'm stoked uh,
4: we're going to get into the ranking system here but to Keep me on, dude to me is at, ranks in the top five greatest heels of all time okay Top five, and that that five switches up and down depending on what YouTube video you watch that day, <laughs> but it switches all the way around. He is host of the Some Kind of Wonderful podcast with Travis Orndorf, which he will break down what it's all about, but it's an amazing mm-hmm. concept. Uh, well, let's bring to the table Travis Orndorf, son of the late, great Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff.
3: Yo, welcome to the show, buddy. Yo, yes. Yes. yo, yo,
2: yo. Damn, That's awesome, good man. Just so yeah. you know, I'm 43 years old. It's 8, 10 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time, and I'm so proud of myself for being awake. Nice, buddy. Nice.
4: I'm proud that I'm no longer the youngest person on the panel. So oh, there fair go. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> there we go, there, <laughs> sir. I'm, I'm
2: clearly, like, we, we all have glasses. It, That's right. And, and I don't know if y'all ever had glasses all your life. But no, I, I, I me neither. No, so it was like three years or four years ago. I, I told somebody I, I had to buy my first Bible in like large print, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "This is when I knew I was old," is that <laughs> I had to get, you know, I had to order my book in the large print mm. and still wear glasses to read it. Yeah. Next, she'll gonna- just be
3: listening to it. You uh,
4: were gracious with your time, and obviously, um, you know we won't get into. The t- we had a little bit of an emergency last week, and I thank you for coming back on this week, and I uh, we really You're appreciate now, the time yeah. and hope everything. Yeah, for out.
2: sure. You know, oh, I'll that. be honest with you. My wife got COVID, and oh, uh, so so it was like uh, like 7:30 p.m. last Monday, and she's like, I got to go to the emergency room. And so she's retired Air Force. She's a veteran. And so we ended up at the hospital uh, last Monday night. And uh, eventually she got home about 2, 2.30 in the morning. And uh, so we're, we, you know, again, thank you for being so gracious. I, I, oh, I mean, no I'm sure you, I know you guys understand, but. Oh, yeah. We'll appreciate it. We're family, yeah. man. We get it. Well, dude, I'll
3: tell you what, man. I, as I was saying earlier, I grew up in the early 70s, um, early, early 70s. And uh, man, I
2: I'm didn't grow up like in Hulk
3: Hogan. I, I didn't grow up liking Hulk Hogan. I, I, the whole, uh, you know, do your your vitamins and, and and say your praise. I was a little heavy metal kid. I was like, no, I, I don't. Roddy Piper was my guy at the Hot Rod shirt. I was the one guy who didn't like Hulk Hogan in my whole area, right? So there was there was there was Piper and Orndorff. They were together, Mr. Wonderful and, and the Hot Rod. Yeah. And I was mentioning earlier the the best though. The, my my fav- one of my favorite moments. I'd say top two favorite moments in wrestling growing up was was the turn that Mr. Wonderful did on Hulk Hogan in the center of the ring. I remember he had the white shorts on and he, and I'm younger, I didn't see it coming. And I'm thinking, cause I'm thinking, oh man, I can, exactly buddy. I'm thinking, I liked him better when he, when he was a villain, when he was a heel. And then he closed on it. And I'm like, yes,
1: yes, we win.
3: And we got him back to the dark side. Right. Again, I was a big Darth Vader fan. So, Man, really honored to have you on the show. There he is, right there, my friend. I thought could be the white shorts he was wearing when he turned on Hogan. It was. They and there were he were he's getting sh- pissed off at him. I love when he get mad and he he's like sick the ropes. Oh man, I am huge fan of the heels and he was by far one of the best, my friend.
2: Well, and I appreciate that. And and, and just so you know, if there's one thing my dad really really enjoyed it was people hating him. Mm-hmm. You 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 know that's so so contrary to our to our identity in today's world like imagine if you if you did your instagram page or your youtube page on dislikes yeah. like right. that's, that's what weird. my dad did he, he his his entire identity was built on dislikes not engaged his career on how much people hated him absolutely right he, he he loved it and i i remember and and i felt this you know it's funny how you grow up and, and and you hear these stories and things that have nothing to do with wrestling they have everything to do with life but my dad would always tell me travis if if you leave a situation and nobody even cares that you were there did you make an impact oh. and, and he would later say you know, uh, no matter if I was hated or loved, you remembered me, and and that was his mentality. If I'm going to walk in a room, I'm going to make an impact, good or bad. You may hate what I say or love what I say, but I'm going to make an impact. And I, I think, I think through his career, and if you look, if you really, really dig in and make make the time to have the conversations with the wrestlers. Most of them don't talk about his time in the ring. They mm-hmm. talk about the conversations they had outside the ring. That was yeah. my dad's my dad's greatest gift. Nice. Yeah, I, I'll never forget that Steve Austin said that the number one thing he ever learned from my dad was my dad told him that uh, you know there's life after wrestling. And so when I think about my father in wrestling, I think about him as a patriarch and I think about him as a trainer. I don't think about him as a wrestler. I, I, I should, but I, did, I that's just not what I saw because I was, you know, again, I was born in 78. My brother was uh, 10 years younger. My dad started wrestling, I think in 1974. So by the time he was in, you know, WWF, I was like, you know, five or six years old. I didn't have the understanding I did later in life when he was uh, managing the power plant I see
4: right yeah. the WCW that was a WCW training facility back
2: then correct right and your the, dad's in uh, three hall of fames as well isn't he that's correct he's in the professional wrestling hall of fame uh the 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 WWF hall of fame and the amateur wrestling hall of fame mm-hmm. and oh no excuse me university of tampa hall of fame right yeah big football player growing up dude and did, and he made Dude,
4: Tampa famous. Mean. I mean, he made Tampa famous because, you know, one of the things about those wrestlers being introduced back then was, where are they all from? And a lot yeah. of guys were like, a lot of guys were, Yeah, you know, Bret Hart talks about, well, we're going to make you from something. You're going to be cowboy this or cowboy that. And he goes, no, I want to be from Calgary. And they're like, well, no one, you're from Canada. No one, no one's going to care. And he goes, well, that's where I'm from. And I always distinctly remember Mr. Wonderful being very specifically from Tampa, Florida. Which and- he's not. <laughs> He's from Winchester,
2: Virginia. So it's so he, funny, you put it on the map. <laughs> yeah, but so so my dad's my dad's father was a butcher in uh, Winchester, Virginia. Got moved down to Tampa. Dad moved down with him, and 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 then they got divorced. And so so he lived in a trailer park across the street from the trailer park uh, that his mom lived in. So, so that was, that was my dad's upbringing. He was, he, he, he grew up in hell, like mm-hmm. true hell, like think things that, things that most people, um, see on Netflix, uh, in a you know, limited series, that was my dad's life. That's what he grew up with. So it was much more difficult than I think people would truly understand. And I would also go back to him being Mr. Wonderful will always be his uh, cathartic way of dealing with the tragedy that he dealt with growing up. So he became Mr. Wonderful to protect himself, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That's crazy. What, you know, I, how do you get the name Mr. Wonderful? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, so it was from Afa and Sika. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, so he had, you know, he was a brand of bull, which was PO. Then he was OP, which was outpatient. That's mm-hmm. what that, that, that stood for. Cause they said he was crazy inside the <laughs> ring. And then Afa and Sika called him Mr. Wonderful. And then Roddy called him Mr. Wonderful for the first time on the, that Piper's pit. And nice. then that stuck, that was yeah. it. And, and so Olivia, uh, uh Mr. Wrestling 2's uh, uh, wife, did his uh, trunks, did his uh robes, and and after uh Afoncico called him that, that was it. Like, that was you know, it because he was a prima donna. Like, I mm-hmm. i joke around, but I was on uh my podcast um uh a couple of weeks ago and talking to uh Roddy Piper's daughter, and she was talking about you know her dad going to uh you know get his uh get a pedicure. And I'm like, my dad took me to get my first pedicure because <laughs> that was my dad. Like, he took care of himself in ways I don't think modern men would think of and still mm-hmm. be so manly.
4: Yeah. Everyone's taking care of themselves now, though.
2: You oh, know? yeah. Like, yeah. Now, I remember I was in the late 90s. I was shaving my body and, like uh <laughs> I, they, you know, wearing tight clothes. They called me a metrosexual. And I was like, I think I'm dressed like a wrestler. Like, I don't know if you know it but this is what they dress like you know so it's, it's just funny to get that perspective of, of of how people perceive uh the manliness of wrestling versus mm-hmm. the reality of of their lifestyle yeah
3: now being a heel back in in the day they uh the kayfabe they they took it with them everywhere they they basically Evil wrestlers took the heat with them everywhere they went in life. Um, do you have any stories on uh, some some fans or some crazy people that that took your dad a little too seriously? Um, oh, I know you probably got a million is. of them. Is you got, got a zero in on one, D- dude? It, there's a list.
2: <laughs> i got like, <laughs> like from kids that hated me from when I was a, a young kid. Um, but I think the most relevant um, story that I remember was mm-hmm. and. and I'm positive we were in Philadelphia. I don't remember the run, but I know the the run was he was wrestling Hogan. And they put us in the back of an ambulance and, you know, covered our heads. And we drove down the street to the car we had already parked. And uh, somebody tipped off the fans. And the fans came down and they tried to tip our car over. And I was in the floorboard of the car. My dad, like, stuffed me down the floorboard of the car. And was like, do not move. I'm like, move. There's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the car was trying to get tipped over. And the police initially, or you know, or like, came in with the you know the, the 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 shields, and and they got them to back off. And then we got out of town. Mo, you know, drove to the next town. And then it was the same thing the next night because mm-hmm. you know he wrestled and he pissed so many people off <laughs> that by the time we were leaving, they were looking for him. Wow. like people thought it was real
3: yes yeah like
2: truly believe mm-hmm. my dad was that guy and ironically the you know take your vitamins and say your prayers guy mm-hmm. was actually the opposite and my dad was that was that guy right. he was the guy that took, said his prayers and took his vitamins mm-hmm. my, that's who my dad was but inside the ring he was he was a heel he was a bad guy and he owned it and he loved it
3: Mm -hmm. love he was so good at it
2: dude
3: so you mentioned did did you uh like when you went to school did it depend on whether your dad was a heel or a face as to how the kids treated you like
2: not necessarily because i was so young and um so you're thinking uh you know uh 83 to say 93 my dad was not like i was five six years old so i was in kindergarten you know, in the first grade, right. nobody so feel the brunt of it. Correct. Oh. I had people that had those conversations like later on in life, but it wasn't the majority. And I went to private school. My dad mm-hmm. made a point. So I didn't have the same experiences I think I would have had had I lived in, say, Tampa. But I right. lived in Atlanta and and nobody knew any different. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes from uh, the documentaries I watched was your dad said, uh, you know, he, he was just talking about how how he was taking care. He says, "You know, I get paid well. I, I do my job well." And he said, "He says here's the main thing. He said if I if you're going to take me away from my kids, he says you're going to pay me well." And he says, and he looks at the camera, he says, "And they did." And I just love that comment. It just it, it seemed like that was really important to him, and I, that was one of the moments that stuck with me out of all the documentaries and interviews I watched of
2: him. Man, really cool. He he looked at money as a way of taking care of his family. I it got that vibe totally. Yeah, it, it was it wasn't one or the other. Nope. And, and, and and he, I, I believe he didn't come to that conclusion until later in life. But right. when he realized what was important to him, it, it, it became a factor. Mm-hmm. So when he was young, I think he would have sold his soul to the devil. In fact, there was <laughs> some of his uh, uh, promos that he would sell his mom down the river uh, for a paycheck. And, wow. and, and I think when you're in your early 20s, that is exactly what you would do. And then mm. you get older and go, oh, you're going to pay me for my time or I'm yeah. not going to do it. Right. Travis, Plus, he worked got, hard to that point.
4: I got a question for you on, okay, so a few, a few things around that time when Chris and we were discussing about growing up in that era. So there was no bigger show at that point, really the Saturday night's main event. Now every Monday night raw is a Saturday night's main event. Now it's, it's sort of like every week there's a, there's a, uh, you know, some big, big event or something, but it, Saturday night's main event was a big deal and we look forward to it as kids and the single, probably one of the most memorable moments ever to go with what Chris was saying was the, the split of Hogan and Paul and then, you know, obviously we had the CNE in Toronto, which was this big thing for that. us, you know, that, which was crazy at the time. That was pre WrestleMania 6 or anything yeah, like that. That was like, I didn't get a chance to go to that. But then it led to this the most, probably at that time, I would say the most famous cage match in the history of wrestling that a, is at the, least at least for wwe, WWE. Let, removing nwa and all that stuff aside because flair and all them had their own thing but for wwe at the time with the blue cage and everything i don't believe there was a bigger cage match at the time even bigger than bundy and hogan at two this was hogan and orndorff at a saturday night's main event with the very famous double touch on the ground mm-hmm. and it was you know ventura jesse ventura screaming and yelling and doing the whole yeah. thing about you no know, he touched first and it was That's just so crazy. controversial and it was like the biggest time for your dad's life how old were you right around then oh S- gosh
2: like seven or eight years old were you and, aware
4: and- were you aware of the impact of that that it was at that point because it was massive yeah. there was no bigger bad guy in the world than your father
2: at that time i um, remember reading an article um, in the paper, and I want to say it was, the, it was the New York Times. And and this is me going to, to school, like as a young kid, going to school. And uh, we had the paper in the car, because my dad got all the papers. And I remember reading that my dad was the most hated man in America. <laughs> but here's the like, and this is in the New York Times. They also put it in the wrestling, pro wrestling illustrated and whatnot. But how do you explain it to somebody if you weren't around him? So as a kid, him being hated, I knew that he was doing a great job. Like he was doing his job. So when I saw wrestling, I saw it as a job. I never saw it as entertainment. And if, if I could get, anybody to understand that perspective, then they would understand why I have the conversations I have about wrestling, because I never saw it as anything other than a business. Even at a very early age, my dad taught me, if you will, the ropes. But, you know, he helped me understand this is what the reality is, that I'm not really getting hurt. Here's really the plan. You know, this is what it looks like. And then I got to ask him questions about why he didn't have a title or, you know, so forth and so on. But no, I, I think that I think that if you understood my background, you would know that. I I only know this as a business. It was never anything as far as entertainment. It was never entertaining to me. So when I think about the wrestling match for Saturday night's main event with my dad, like, that was kind of a, it, like, a, it, it's like a piece of the puzzle in a timeline of his career that I can relate to simply because of the experiences I would have because of the reactions of other people.
4: Hey it was uh it was amazing i love it when there's a when a heel is in the zone when when you're the greatest heel and you can see it happening minorly right now i don't even know if there's anybody more hated in current wrestling than the MJF. And it's just like, well, he's an old school heel. He yells at the fans. Mm-hmm. His Facebook account right now is the greatest thing you've ever seen. His, he's just trolling everybody. He's like, oh, maybe I'll take Vince up on his offer and I'll come to the Royal Rumble. It's like, come on, it's the best. So there, was no, social, there was no did. social media. He trolled yeah. everybody. He, he trolled everybody. Yeah, and and there was no social media then. So it was like you had to get him on your four, 35 to 45 second promo. It was it was it was it was quite something, and uh, your dad is, to me, uh, one of the best when it comes to that side of it.
2: You know, sure. Um, uh,
4: one of the questions I wanted to get to on to you on this was: Did he um, personally achieve what he set out to do, or was there something left? Like, was the WWE Championship ever? eluded him and he really wanted it, or it was never leaving Hogan or, or when he's, you know, or WCW, or was there something he didn't accomplish or did he feel satisfied with his career?
2: Uh, so I will break that down into two parts. The first part is I think he always wanted the title. I, I and I say, I think I know for a fact he mm-hmm. thought he, 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 should have had the title. Um, the, the second part of that question is that when he left wrestling, he left in the late eighties and he was hurting in so much pain. It's like people forget how old he was in comparison to other wrestlers during the, the WrestleMania one, two, he was six years older than Roddy and Hulk Hogan, which doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're 32 versus 26, you, you can understand what that feels like and how different that is. Mm -hmm. So, Knowing that dad um, always thought he was ahead of his time, um, he could have done so much more had he been given the opportunity. And 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 what athlete thinks they did enough? I mean, for God's sakes, Tom Brady has done enough. Mm-hmm. And go down the line, the guys did way less than him. But they did enough. I don't think my dad ever felt like he did enough, but that's just that's just being a man with an ego.
4: It's quite a it's it's gotta be a mind, you know, to to, to give it up, you know, and have to give it up and move on to the next phase of your life. I think you touched on it earlier saying, you know, he told Steve that there's a life after wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So what was that life after wrestling for him?
2: Man, a lot of hunting. And uh, a lot of time with his grandkids and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he, he regretted, you know, a lot of his decisions, but when he got older, he really centered himself and spent time with the people he cared about. So, uh, you know, once he retired, he, he was all in on family. And, and so it, you know, might've not looked like what other people's family look like, but. Uh, he spent time with his grandkids and I, you know, from what I can tell, he enjoyed the last, I would say 15 years of his retirement, which, you know, was special for me because I got to spend time with him.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chris, what was your favorite moment? You said it was when he turned on Hogan. Do you have an, what's what's your other, uh, order highlights in your uh, oh
3: i forgot the the cage match was sensational that was really really well played and the timing to do that from the top and to walk out that was that was really good for uh, both wrestlers put on a really good show i thought for that one um that was the thing i didn't like about hogan is i really didn't think he was a great wrestler and there's guys like mr wonderful that was like oh that guy could i bet he could kick his ass back in the in in the back room and from rumor has it he could kick a lot of people's asses in the back room um but uh I, I liked I liked his whole uh, shtick with Roddy um, because, as I mentioned, Roddy Piper was my, my favorite wrestler from when I was younger. I don't know why, I just re- I think I just liked his 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 demeanor and the way he talked. He was he was uh, very entertaining. I thought. So I was gonna I was gonna ask, did you have any uh, stories of your dad and Roddy Piper you could share with us? Oh, for sure. So right.
2: so Roddy was without a doubt the best talker mm-hmm. in the history of right, wrestling, right. Yeah. without question. Like the best and there were some great ones rick flair was a great one but you know roddy the rock for example so great Mm -hmm. but roddy could talk so my my story with roddy would be you know more of my experience of running into him at the hall of fame in 2005 i think and uh, he was just a sweetheart and he was always a sweetheart. And I think that's, that's what I want you guys to really understand about these wrestlers is, mm-hmm. you know, you you see what they put on as a product. But behind the scenes, most of them were gentle giants. Right. And so Roddy was a gentle giant. He was sweet. I got, to, I got to talk to his daughter on our last podcast, and it validated what I already knew, mm-hmm. um, that he was just a loving and, and friendly man. And so uh, that would be my, you know, my story about Roddy would be about what I experienced. And I yeah, was I grateful that. to have spent time with him.
3: Mm-hmm. That's great. You got, uh, so do you have any, uh, you had some uh, personal stuff you wanted to show of your dad's as well, right? Did we do that off the beginning or did we do that? To,
4: no, we did that behind the camera so no one it. I thought see so I it. couldn't it's, remember. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll get that in a second. I just want to show one more picture of, of yeah. Piper's pit there. Oh, Piper's pit uh, was
3: great too, huh? And then I, man, I've and been, been watching actually the the old, He was the best. Yeah, I was watching some really old uh, NWA when he was helping commentate, and then he'd fight, and Dusty Rhodes would show up, and all of a sudden Roddy's. Well, we don't know where Piper went, but you know Dusty Rhodes is here to do his interview, and then Dusty Rhodes <laughs> would leave, and Rod come back out, and he's like, "Well, I just went out to you know sign some contracts. I'm right back." You know, <laughs> it's just so, and it was so smooth, and so. That whole era, I guess that was eighty two. Um, that was great. I, I just uh, amazing stuff. brings back really good memories for me. But the the, the whole uh, just getting into wrestling when it, with the mainstream of it and it becoming popular. You know, you go to school and you start to talk about it. And what the age I was at, the WrestleMania one was huge, and I couldn't watch it, but I was aware that it was going on. It was like after school you know like it's tonight or it's going on with the week it's this weekend and then you can't wait to hear the results but I was the one kid that was cheering for Piper and Orndorpe But everybody's like what are you kidding me it's like yeah man but it's Mr. T it's like Mr. T shouldn't even be in there here here's little me mentality thinking Mr. T's a boxer because he was in the Rocky movie so little oh, me's right. thinking he's a boxer why is he even fighting in in here like this this isn't right and again I'm thinking like okay you got Mr. T who isn't a wrestler you got Hulk Hogan who I, in my opinion, wasn't a good wrestler against, you know, Roddy Piper, who I think is the greatest wrestler and is his his best uh, partner ever, the best tag team with Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. So uh, growing up to that was amazing for me. That's just highlight after highlight for that kind of thing.
2: I think it was for so many people. I think we all connected in a different way um, and, and understand that there were guys that root for the good guy and there were guys that rooted for the bad guy yeah. but they they saw the good guy as the bad guy and that, that was that was a unique time yeah. you know understand that like at that period of time everybody hated the chic you know when 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 hogan won the title from him, so so there were so many people that rooting for Mr. Wonderful and Roddy Piper was against the norm. Yeah. Like, that is not what you did until that <laughs> Like, who rooted for a heel before my dad and Roddy? Right. I, I'm not saying they didn't. No, I'm going to look did.
3: into that. That is a really good point, my friend. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Did you,
4: so did you have no choice... But to be a wrestling fan, or were you were you a wrestling fan the whole time, Travis? Or did you actually have to be? Did you have to become a wrestling fan because your dad was a wrestler, or were you just like, I don't like it? (laughs) Like, where where, where were you on it?
2: uh, So,
4: (sighs) it's a tough question here, buddy. It's a tough question. It is
2: because I respect the sport, I respect the athleticism, I respect the individuals. But when you've seen behind the curtain, Mm. the magic isn't as real. Not to say it's not, you know, an illusion, but it's not as fun to watch. So for me, I lost interest at an early age for two reasons. Number one, because I needed to know it was fake because I was scared my dad would get hurt. Ah, right. So that's number one. Number two was I talked to these guys, they were so normal and everyday (laughs) conversation. So for them to go, like, I got to talk to them 10 minutes after a promo. And I understood that they were playing a game. And so I was part of it and and whether it was intentional or unintentional, it was part of the game. So, so when these guys went out and did that, I was rooting for them to be the character they played to be. And I want, I wanted them to do their best, but like at the end of the day, I knew who they were and anything that they said outside of that was irrelevant Mm -hmm. because no offense to them. My dad's Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) Like, like how famous are you? Mm -hmm. No, no offense, but like, I know who my dad is. So I don't, I don't need your approval. And so just be yourself. And, yeah. and, 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 that was, uh, you know, again, for me, for, for, uh, it wasn't that I didn't, it wasn't a fan. I just, I rooted for them to be successful. I'll give you an example. Paul, Paul, uh, white, mm-hmm. um, his, yeah, the big show, his photos before he became a wrestler were sitting on my fireplace oh, and my kidding. dad was looking at him. And he was playing a character, Paul Bunyan. And it was all he had that, you know, the the the, you know the red plaid and all that. Mm -hmm. So I got to see him go from obscurity from sitting on a picture in my living room and watching Uh tape of him on VHS to you knowing him as the big show. So for me, I see him as a child, not in a bad way, not like Mm -hmm. a like he's childish. But I saw him go from nothing to something and my dad saw that in him. I remember him sitting down with me and my best friend, Kevin saying, if you want to become a wrestler, you better become a freak. This guy's got it. I see it. I got it. So that's my idea of wrestling is obscurity of individuals, you know, sitting in a picture on my fireplace or on my dining room table that mm-hmm. eventually became the top wrestlers of the, of, 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 this generation.
3: Yeah. Is there any others that come to mind like that? Like
2: Paul? Wade? Oh gosh. Um, uh, Triple H. I know my dad talked to him. Mm-hmm. I, I had several conversations with Steve Austin before he be- moved from uh, WCW, WWF, mm-hmm. um, you know, several like that. I, and again, I got to sit on, sit in on those conversations i to say i was you know lucky enough to be privy privy to them would be an understatement yeah
4: it's quite something now you've got uh, some some memorabilia as chris mentioned about um, mm-hmm. some 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 stuff from your dad's career that you wanted to show us here yeah for sure so
2: this is uh wrestlemania 1 wrestling tights
4: wow so, so these I, tights these tights right there there they That'd are be it. yeah look at that
2: that would be it so Um, I know a lot of people have asked if I'm willing to sell this stuff. The answer is no, but yeah, I've got those. And then this is, and so understand my dad was a star athlete in everything he did. So this is his baseball glove. Wow. You know, and you see the PPO, which is Paul Parlett Orndorff.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Very Very cool. cool. How often do you get a chance
4: to, uh, do you have, do you, you've got the new show. So let's, we'll dive into that. Um, Yeah. This brand new show called some kind of wonderful. Um, Why don't you let us know what that's all about? Cause it sounds like a really great concept. Mm
2: -hmm. So it's just conversations. It really is. It's just, just me having fun with people that, um, Come from the wrestling business, but not wrestlers, just their children. So I had a conversation with Rowdy P- Roddy Piper's daughter, um, Tito Santana's daughter, um, Eric Bischoff's son, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know I've got a couple people lined up over the next few months. So we're just having conversations about what it's like to grow up um, in that uh, stratosphere, and, and 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 how they navigated some of the you know the stuff that comes with it. And forgive me a my, lot my, my voice is going but um you know the last uh, conversation with fallon uh, piper's uh, daughter mm-hmm. was was so insightful and it, it, it was meaningful and nice. it, it's so much deeper than just wrestling it's about the humanity of these individuals and what they grew up with what they dealt with and then what they passed down to their children
3: wow that's really interesting i really like that that sounds great mm-hmm and That's there's
4: a lot of though. children there's a lot of wrestling kill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ch- yeah, children.
3: Look,
2: you know we've had one illegitimate child so far so we're at 25 percent. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> well there's so many and there's the, the stories right like growing up Hart and growing up orton and grow, you know the, the the funny thing about growing up uh, or having a podcast that you're talking about where you interview wrestling kids well you could interview randy orton because technically he's a wrestling kid
2: yeah, you know, I know what I'm technically saying? I could and and you know for me it was never about getting famous. It's about I uh, for me it's really about getting some closure, nice. and understanding. And yeah. so when I was talking to Piper's daughter, I remember thinking uh this is what I needed to understand my place in this world and and somewhat of my purpose. So so I I'm grateful. We've had some fun with it and we got more to come. And nice. uh you know, my, it's not about celebrity it's more about understanding what um what celebrity looks like behind the scenes like you know i am very open about my brother's uh, struggles with uh, uh you know prison and and jail from the time i was very young so you know his story is is about him failing to you know follow through on my dad's you know expectations but for me it's it's it, it's different but it's the same if that i, I don't know how else to say it is like it's, mm-hmm. it's like we we experience the same thing so different we 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 thought of fame so different for me my dad never wanted me to pursue it for my brother he was like you know do the best you can it was just different mm-hmm. do you have a dream guest of, of someone that you would like to have on your show that
3: you'd really like uh, to talk to and get inside their head a bit oh gosh
2: um Honestly, I think I my dream one was um, Piper's daughter. Right. You know, the, like because that to me was always his closest, yes. you know, connection in 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 his fame. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, Piper's daughter was probably my dream guest. But you know, getting to interview Garrett uh, Ericson, like that was a great conversation for me. So. Mm-hmm. I want to say each of them is my favorite just because I think that that's, you know, that's how much I enjoyed each of those conversations individually. Mm-hmm. So I, if I had, actually, I'll tell you this. If I had a dream um, uh, uh, conversation, it would be with uh, Junkyard Dog's daughter. Oh, Not okay. Her, only because he was my favorite wrestler. Yeah. And I remember traveling with him and he was such a sweetheart. So, so I I guess I do have one
3: right on. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of, uh, like I said, I've been, I I draw for a living. So I sit there and put endless things of wrestling on if I'm into that for the week. And I just, I'd watch and draw. And I've seen a lot of the kids like, uh, the Von Erick's kids, uh, uh, Chris Benoit's son, the and, uh, a lot of them were uh, the stories they could tell could have, could have been a whole show in the, in their own, you know, and, and some of them, the, 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 uh, The mental stress that goes on is crazy. Your dad seemed very mentally strong. He seemed it, like just from from what I've watched. Um, Any input on on mental stress on that kind of situation?
2: He may have seemed strong, but I can tell you he struggled. Mm -hmm. Uh, He struggled uh, tremendously. But he, in comparison to the wrestlers that you're speaking of, he was extremely strong, yeah. you know, so it, it, you know, it, it, it may be a, a, a fallacy or a paradox mm-hmm. that he was stronger than everybody else, but so weak. Right. And, and he knew it, but I remember thinking about, um, and, and me and him having conversations about drugs and steroids and different things, mm-hmm. you know, he always was very honest with me. But he he knew his limits and he knew if he went past X, Y and Z, Mm -hmm. then it was it was a really bad deal. Right. And so we saw that play out in several wrestlers lives like he was crazy, but crazy to a certain extreme where he knew he couldn't go past that line. Whatever that line was, he knew what it was and and where it was at. Right. Well,
4: to me, he is, will go down and will be remembered as one of the greatest uh, of all time and one of the greatest heels of all time. Where do you think
2: he ranks amongst the greatest heels of all time? Don't ask me questions like that. You already know the answer. <laughs> is <no> <laughs>
4: this
2: is the dumbest question you could have ever asked on your program. Mr. All Wonderful. Wonderful, yeah. Without yeah, yeah. question, the top five is Mr. Wonderful. Second place is Mr. Wonderful Third place <laughs> is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. There you go. Fourth yeah. place is Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. And then fifth place is Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. So the greatest heels of all time, and the reason I say that, and I'm joking around to an extent, but I'm not really. There was a point in time where 20% of the people would love you and 80% would hate you. But love you for hating you. And it's it 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 switched, I think. About the NWO, where people wanted to be the bad guy. My dad was a bad guy when nobody wanted to be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And even the people that hated him loved him and respected him for being a great villain. So if you want to compare myself or my excuse me if you want to compare my father to any heel he was the most hated of all time that was the most adored and that's just my opinion he was an adored villain they were hoping he would come out people were rooting for andre people were rooting for steve austin people rooting for the rock nobody really rooted for my dad but they loved that he was out there doing his part Mm -hmm. So you tell me a better villain and, and, and I might listen, I, I might even explore it. But when I think about the dynamic of how much they hated him, but loved him for it, that to me is what is irreplaceable.
3: And he could wrestle, too. There's a lot of guys, like... like Oh, his talent was incredible. It, right? Right? So that was the one thing that struck me about those guys. As I mentioned, like, the WrestleMania was a, the biggest event, and that was a farce to me, because it was like, this is not even a contest. Um But the, the storylines back the greatest finishing what,
4: move, what the greatest finishing move. What's better than the Pile Driver? Jesus.
3: Yeah,
2: the well, the Pile, pile driver's, driver's great. The best, right? Like, that's what, the what I'm best saying. Best like, you, you got the
3: Pile Driver, you got the leg drop. I'll take
2: the Pile Driver in a heartbeat. Oh, and plus, he did it so well, though. And his Pile Driver, he would actually leap up. He made a point to get off his feet. Yeah. So if you look at the tombstone that Undertaker did, like he dropped down to his knees. Yeah. DDT, you drop down. Just, My dad is the one that did the effort to sell the move every single time. Yeah. And so when you saw him do it, he sold it. The other guy just had to not break his neck. Yes, yeah. Yeah. It's an actual pile driver.
3: Like he didn't just fall forward. He, whoosh,
4: poof. We got a couple of fellas coming in there. That are hey guys, to welcome panel. to the party. To talk, up, talk a little wrestling, Mike over here. Mike over here on the other side with the boom. Two oh, look at this! what's he got there? Oh, you went to go get speaking. Oh, he's members, got the Orndorff figure. Oh, beautiful! The there Orndor he is. Uh, Mike I is fresh. Somebody
2: sent me a message the other day that said that every other figure next to my dad's looked like Homer Simpson. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: you have to go, Mike. You probably got them all.
1: You have to go get them. You know Yeah, I I had a good chunk of them, but man, I, we used to play a game. Actually, well, um, Adam and I would play guess the pose, and all you had to do was this, and you knew it was it was Mr. Wonderful, and he could throw clothes like this was the best shaped figure because these guys were the solid rubber ones. You could do so, you could do a suplex, you could do a clothesline, best posed figure yet. So. Mike's just
4: back from the Royal Rumble, actually. He took a trip to St. Louis and and got got himself uh, a little bit of fun. And we got Jimmy here from the Jedi Jimmy podcast. Jimmy, Jimmy! how are you, sir? Welcome back to the show. How's it going? Good, good, good. Good, This is Travis Orndorff. We are talking about... The greatness of uh his late father mr wonderful paul orndorff on today's show but we are going to switch over to to um some star wars talk but before we get into that travis thanks again for for all your time uh let's let everybody know about your brand new podcast you're going to stick around for the star wars chat but uh, tell us a little bit about where they can find it and all that stuff
2: for sure thank you so much so uh we got uh, some kind of wonderful which is exactly the instagram page um and it, it it's literally just us having a good time talking to uh, wrestler's kids um, and, and it'll expand. You know how it is. You start with one direction, get enough uh, information and then, and then explore other avenues. So um, also we've got uh, Mr. Wonderful official, which is M um, uh, R one D E R F U L official at, in, at uh, Instagram.com. So, so we got a few things going and we're having a lot of fun with it, but just to nerd out real quick, and thank you for having me on the podcast. So grateful. Um, no problem. Let me just ask you uh, up front, um, is anybody understanding um, how and why the dark saber is so much heavier, depending on the move, po- the, 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 the general movement? Of, of the person wielding it. So that's my next question. We'll get into the dark <laughs> I'm
4: sure, you know, there's no one, uh, Jimmy, who's uh, on the bottom there, he's got a podcast called Jedi Jimmy that's actually blown up in Canada and become like a huge top five <laughs> podcast in science fiction. And, uh, which I'm pretty sure is because he appeared on this show and then it just launched him into, totally into oblivion. Leaking. But, uh, Jimmy's got, Jimmy, you got the, you got the moves, man. You're going to put on like a, st- you're going to put on a, uh, a, uh, Lightsaber uh, demonstration on the Blundell program soon, aren't you?
0: Uh, what I'm doing is in my next group of the uh, Jedi Jimmy podcast, I actually plan on demonstrating all the uh, forms, uh, lightsaber forms from one to seven.
4: That's amazing. Now, <laughs> that is. Travis. Wow. Ha- Travis has a question about why is the dark saber so much heavier than the rest of them and they can't be, it can't be used. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the, reason, the reason it is, is actually they talk about it in The Rebels is because of the fact that they don't have control over their emotions. As soon as they deal with their demons and get over that, uh, because uh, when they were talking about it in The Rebels, Kanan talked to Sabine, who was trying to learn how to use the lightsaber. And the more she got over what was holding her back emotionally... Then she was able to control the lightsaber, and it wasn't quite so heavy. And that is partly because of the fact that it was made by a Mandalorian who was already full of emotion when he became a Jedi. So he had to learn how to control the emotions, and that's why it's so much different than the other lightsabers.
3: And it's weird how, how, how Maul had no problem lifting it like in the cartoon series he had no no because, problem with because it
0: because he had total control over his motions he was right? full of he was full of anger and hate he knew who he was where he came from and he accepted all of it
3: yeah wouldn't it wouldn't be cool to see him come back like uh I see some, even as a flashback, man, I'd love to see what Filoni would do with that character, because I thought he was such a great character. And so poised, though, right? Jimmy, like, just the dude is so focused. And he had a brother, too, right? Savage? That would be yeah. really cool to see the two of them come together. But but that was the thing about Darth Maul, is he was the most focused guy out of all of them, I thought. And and there was so much, there, was, there wasn't was all this extra stuff with, with Maul.
0: Yeah, but he also... Uh, there's no way they're going to bring him back because they legit killed him at the oh, end. Oh, no, flashback, the flashback. No, waiting. everybody says that to me. Flashback. <laughs> yeah.
3: Give me a flashback. No, everybody says that to me. Everybody, yeah, I know that. But flashback, man. We've had tons of flashbacks. Uh, maybe in Obi-Wan we'll see a flashback of them all. That would be cool because they hated each other.
0: That would be great. Yeah, Obi yeah, and it was, killed actually, it was actually Obi-Wan who killed him.
3: Yeah, and it was a very touching scene, Hey, eh, buddy? That was brilliant. So it, was, yeah. it wasn't even a fight. There was no fight to it. Obi-Wan took him out. Boom, Yeah. Right, done.
4: Travis, I'm not sure if you're that far in, but you're going to be that far in when you come to this. I'll tell you that. Um, so, w- one of the things we're five episodes in. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago uh, about you know our thoughts leading into one and three and where it was going to go. We are at episode five. We've uh, the joke online is that they needed to bring the Mando back to save it, but I don't believe that that is the case. I just thought it was another backstory tale, which I which I loved, uh, in my opinion. So we are five episodes in. Let's. Um, We're going to go around the horn here. We'll do it uh, however we can do it. Let's start with our guest of honor today. Travis, start with you. What do you think of the book of Boba Fett so far?
2: So two part answer is if anybody expected that the book of Boba Fett would be able to capture the allure of the Mandalorian, then you set yourself up for failure because the matrix one was always greater. Than the matrix two, no matter what, unless the matrix two came out first. So the book of Boba Fett to my, in my opinion is exploring what we've all wanted to understand about the star Wars, uh, you know, uh, 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 uh canon. And, and, you know, in my opinion, they've interweaved those worlds and the, 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 the way they played it out, some of the characters they've introduced. And, and I, I just think it's amazing. I, I to know that John Favreau has built this out. Um, he, he's a genius going back to the day of him directing swingers to now the fact that when I see <laughs> executive producer, John Favreau, I go, I want to watch it. I don't care what he's connected to. I want to watch it. So I think the quality and, 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 and the, uh, attention to detail they've given has been truly amazing like genuinely uh, amazing and and you know they've done so much service to star wars after the debacle of 123789 period they, they to me have restored the franchise
1: don't don't like, mention don't mention nine around Chris Machete. We know what happened well,
3: Which one was nine? Was that the one where they they pissed all over Luke Skywalker? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, that was eight. Rise, oh, of, that Skywalker. Was eight, okay. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, Mike, I, your turn. What do you think? Five episodes in. How are you doing? Okay. I yeah. don't turn me off, Brent. Don't turn me off. Uh, yeah. I I I'm okay with it now. I mean, we've talked about this before. I think the pacing of this one, because you were expecting a certain a certain way that they were going to present Book of Boba Fett based on how they presented Mandalorian. And the pacing in The Mandalorian moved better than Boba Fett has so far. I mean, the first four episodes kind of dragged. Five, excellent. Why? Because they went back to the formula that was working in The Mandalorian. So again, I... I read an interesting thing online today where they were talking about how the reason why Boba the book of Boba Fett is maybe not not being received as well is because it's doing what Disney has done. When when they brought out Mandalorian, it was new. It was not tied to you know what people knew or expected of Star Wars and old characters. It, it wasn't focused on that. It's that whole take one step back two steps forward rogue one pretty similar a lot of people really liked rogue one because it wasn't really sort of in that whole star wars you know bubble book of boba fett now you're tied to this you know this classic character who originally i liked him because he was quiet you didn't know much about him he was mysterious he was sort of like a side character but you know now the deeper they explore him now you're getting you're getting it's almost you're trying too hard to make it something, and I think that's the Disney it's the Disney way. rather than take a chance like Ryan Johnson did had he done all three films, might have been really cool. But the fact that you put him in between the nostalgic J.J. Abrams vision, it completely flopped. So five episodes in, uh, the fact that they had to go to Mando to save the series. I don't, seems- think
4: they, I don't think they had to, Mike. I just think it's part nah. of the part of the thing. Honestly, I, 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 know. I, I don't know. Chris, I, I think Chris it's a bigger
3: picture too. You guys talked me into this. My new theory. You guys talked me into it last time. Is I think we're seeing the end of Boba Fett here. He's 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 uh, trying to make grace before he dies here, man. I, and I'm hoping we see more connection to his dad, Django Fett, because there's, there's, he's having some flashback to to back to his dad flying away, man. I'd really like to see some more of that. But I think that he he he's, he said himself, "This is a new Boba Fett." And I think he's winding down. He's trying to make peace with himself before he dies and he's going to let Fennec Shan run uh, run things after. But I think we're seeing the end of Boba Fett here. I think this is the untimely end of my my old friend, I think. And I, yeah, I think Fennec Shan is going to take his spot. That's what I'm thinking. It just could go that way. Um, I'd be happy with it going that way, but I think we're, we're watching the slow demise of Boba Fett. And I think you he's mean? doing it for a reason and we're going to find it later. And what do you think of that, Jimmy? What do you think's going you think on there, buddy?
0: That? I think what's going to end up happening is... The reason they brought in Mandalorian is this is going to be a war of the bounty hunters against a bunch of gangsters. So, you know, you have an army, like, think about it. They built an army off of one bounty hunter. The empire's army was based on one person. Now you have all these people that are trained to track and kill going against soldiers who are mostly trained in this universe to defend. So this is going to be, this is going to, like, they're bringing in more. By the end of this, you're going to see, you're going to see Bosk. You're going (laughs) to see see possibly IG-88. You know, we're going to see for Loam. These are all bounty hunters that uh, Boba Fett has worked with before. And this is going to be assassins versus soldiers,
4: Travis. Uh, one last final thought on this before you get jet. I know that's uh, it's been a busy week for you, so we'll let you get out of
3: here. Yeah, thanks for but, coming uh, on, buddy. Yeah, really, really, really appreciate it.
2: No, thank you so much. I'm sorry. I uh, my wife just uh texted me and said, No, i This, and I don't even know what this is yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Dude, you, just Man, so like, you just make it happen, like you just make happen. yeah yeah so we understand but no thank you guys so much i'm so grateful i i hope uh you'll have me on again
4: 100 percent. everyone check out uh the wonderful uh some kind of wonderful with travis uh definitely an amazing uh, podcast with uh kids of wrestlers uh hopefully we did uh, some justice today your dad was wonderful
1: absolutely yeah. take care buddy and, go uh, take care
2: of your wife my friend hey guys um, thank you so much god bless and we'll talk to you soon
1: thanks buddy well, see, nice that's game. the pose man that was the pose in that pic you just you just had fantastic <laughs> awesome so one thing Jimmy I just wanted to ask Jimmy one more thing there so,
3: so Jimmy what do you think is going to be the end game here like I was saying like I think this is going to be the end end of Boba Fett like that's just my dear I love to do these daring like attempts at to you know so so many people say he's not going to die yes he is so there, there's got to be some kind of end game here my friend what do you think it's going to be it's going to be he's going to be Jabba the Hutt he's going to run Tatooine. You think no, nothing's he, really going to change? It's just he's just going to stay the leader of. Uh, I think
0: he's of- going to do that, and he's going to have all these, because the power that Jabba had was mm-hmm. because he had it wasn't because he was a strong dude. It's because he had all these great people behind him, and, you know, Boba Fett actually said at one point, I think it was Episode Four, you know, you uh, you can't do anything without a tribe. You know, that's one thing he learned from the, the Yeah, But we've seen he had that change of heart, right? That's why I was saying that change of heart. So it's kind of his they motivation. He can't do anything alone. And he's going to build this tribe, and it's going to be his syndicate.
4: Mike, do you if think you he's going down? Not, I think he's going down.
3: You're not looking – no big relevations after this one, like just – See, I'm, I, I'm, I'm I'm predicting like a major death, you know what I mean? You got any I think he's going so down. I'm gonna throw system. it out there. If we're gonna do well, a big, a, a big a, a appearance system. of somebody at yeah. the end.
1: No, you okay. see, I I mean, again, if I'm looking at this from a Disney studios point of view, mm-hmm. the 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 response to this series so far, if I'm an executive, would be let's do a one and done mm-hmm. and and go from there. So, in that sense, yeah, Boba will probably meet a very uh heroic death possibly saving the mando mm-hmm. which would be kind of cool um especially I, if he's riding that rancor that would be we i just want got that-
3: kicked out of the mandalorians right mando
1: yeah be, so he's- I, there there's there's something there's something to that like if they're only doing a one and done which i kind of get that sense mm-hmm. um but at the same time man they got to have one major sort of gut punch of a death if it's not if it's not boba it's fennec shand because fennec is really i mean she's she's endeared herself as as far as like a character that you've invested in Mm -hmm. even if this this season hasn't really explored more about her hey mike
4: yeah she's way younger
3: than uh, the guy playing boba fett he's going
1: hey Tamir is 61 years (laughs) That's, that's that's wild
3: so so you think, Mike, there's going to be a major death as well? You think major death,
1: gonna... and I and I, I do think we're going to see either Darth Maul or we'll see Kira. Um, could,
3: that was my next question, because yeah. you know, a lot of times they can save these in the last episode with this huge appearance of somebody yeah. who all the fans love, right? So, uh, yeah, Mike and then Jimmy, who do you think, first of all, who do you think they will pick to put in as a guest appearance? And secondly,
0: who would you like to see
1: come in for the appearance? Go ahead, Jimmy. I got to think this one through.
0: Uh, I don't have to think about this. It's going to be both who I want and who I think it's going to be. <laughs> Beautiful, buddy. Ah, there you go. It's, Let's hear it's, it. If if he dies, he's going to die by one hand. Right, Han Solo. Oh, oh there we go. Imagine that. Because he might win the day, and then Han might come in and get his revenge for for uh, the carbonite thing. Because um, there was right? an article away a while ago where Harrison Ford's uh, where it's. Re- He's been filming something for Star Wars, and he signed up for one project. He's still alive in this. Yeah, true. Chewie squares off against you know Black K. Han I
3: See, this is what I'm talking about, Jimmy. This is what I want to hear. I like that, and this see, that gets me excited. Chris, I want to see.
4: Chris, that. let me let me hold on. Let me go back for one yeah. second. So you're saying Han Solo is going to kill him off? Let's go with that number that's, two. I think that's, he's going to take him that's, that's that's, that's know, one. Now war, remember, we were the talking. war's going to
0: be over. And then he's gonna him and Chewie are coming in and kicking ass and taking names. So remember I like when that, remember yeah.
4: when we were talking in the in the Zahn stuff and the you know all those books. Mm-hmm. Now they Anakin doesn't save like the Anakin or um, Ben or whatever. Who, who, who's the one that doesn't? He doesn't save Chewie, right? Doesn't Chewie dies in those books? Yeah. Doesn't he? Because he's he going died, after Skywalker. Ben, ben he's going after Ben, ben Skywalker. He, and, yeah, and he yeah. dies. Skywalker. Ben Skywalker. Yeah, he dies. Chewie dies as a result of some, of Han's kid, right? Yeah. So we were talking about, like, before about Chewie and, you know, Han died in, in uh, Force Awakens, and I didn't feel like they pulled enough emotion out of it. Are they going to pull enough emotion out of this? D- is that what you're going to get, Jimmy? Are you going to get that emotion out of Han killing... We,
0: we built... Oh, the, yeah. They built the uh, Boba Fett up, and everybody's on Boba Fett's side right now because yeah. he's, you know, trying to make a difference, trying to be the... He's trying to be the good, good, right? The good gangster, you know... Treat with respect and not have, like, don't fear me, but I'll respect you if you respect me. And he showed that through almost every episode. He's shown some semblance of that. Yeah. Looking for
3: redemption on himself, man. Yeah, And have Han Solo walk in and be the scoundrel and just blow him away after Oba Fett worked so hard to redeem himself. That would be, that would be actually, I would, I I would like that. I'd be behind that 100%. Mike, what do you got?
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting because I again, on, man. good job. I, Give me a high five, man. I I don't know I I don't know if that fits into the whole narrative of the Boba Redemption story.
3: Right. Like, so I, who don't would know, you like I don't
1: know. I don't know if Disney could do that. I I, I would love to see, uh, like I said, I'd love to see Kira because mm-hmm. that would tie in Rogue One, and it seems like yeah. Book of Boba Fett has been all about bringing stuff from the other uh films in like this last episode bryce mm-hmm. dallas howard you know clearly phantom menace was her her movie as a kid growing up yeah. because of all the references from that movie in, in episode five uh yeah with the uh the n1 uh the uh the, the uh, fighter jets or the the which we call them the speeders whatever isn't that mm-hmm. the same one that
4: he ends Start. up using in attack of the clones what's the well, one where they're shooting they're shooting. Or is that the beginning
1: of uh, no? Sin? That's Phantom Menace when he's no, that's when Phantom he's,
0: Menace. That's uh, yeah. that's the, that's the same ship. ship that Anakin used to blow up the uh, droid control ship. Yeah, no, but
1: I, yeah, out. but yeah, okay.
0: It was okay, the okay, only okay. movie that that mo- that ship was used in the uh, Naboo starfighter. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a reference to the Naboo starfighter when uh, in Episode Two, when the when Amidala flew to uh, Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And her ship got blown up by That's right. Django. Yeah,
1: and and I mean that it, there. that there like the the fact that they're they're pushing back and and pulling stuff from the other films. I think there's there's that tie-in somewhere in here that uh, it would make sense if you if you bring in a Darth Maul. I, yeah. I was going to ask you, Chris. Did you know, yeah. like the armorer, the armorer, yeah. um, the helmet's got the horns? Wasn't Death Watch part of Darth Maul's? crew at some point
3: yeah well he took them over because he had the the dark saber right so Watch follows the dark saber
0: so that's what happened and he with, went with, with
1: them the helmet that the armor wears has like it looks like the horns of darth maul so
0: yeah but, but she's but they're not the death watch those are the children of the uh, children of the watch
3: mm-hmm. they that's changed different. it up mm-hmm. and, and john favreau did the voice of one of the death watch guys which is funny in the mm-hmm. in the cartoon there
1: something uh sorry uh, not to go off a complete tangent but mm-hmm. the uh the cruiser thing I, I, I somebody put this online and it kind of made sense again the disney tie in that that galactic cruiser that he rides on to the mando he has to like check all his his weapons which i thought was brilliant yeah, that the was droid cool. that he deals with that's the same droid from the Star Tours ride at Disney World. It's oh, an, oh. an, an R, <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, the R three X or something like that, or mm. yeah. But that whole cruiser could very well be an advertisement for the new Galactic Cruise uh, Resort thing that they're doing at Disney. God,
4: of course, like, toys,
1: toys, toys. It's well, rides, it, rides, yeah. rides back to back to what made the money originally the kenner line of stuff so they're not stupid so clearly (laughs) clearly somebody is 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 you know figuring out okay there's ways we can you know Bring in some new eyes, you know. Mm. Take advantage of this.
3: Well, I think Mando uh, just made a new toy. We haven't seen it yet, as well, right? He made something for Grogu there, so Mando made mm. something. I don't know. What, I
1: like I, how the little. I like how he wrapped it up, and he's holding it, and it looks like Grogu's head, like the little package that he's. Cool. It's, not, it's, big be I, it's not big enough to be a helmet.
3: It's not big enough <laughs> to be a helmet, though, is it? Yeah. Yes, Grogu. I think it is. I is think big just, I can't remember. I, I, I haven't. I didn't watch. I haven't seen the episode in a I few days, and I can't remember the size of what it was. But was a little Mando it helmet. It might have been big
0: enough to be. Grogu's helmet. That would be cool. That'd be, yeah, I'd and like to see that. that.
1: And, but again, back to what I was saying about episode five, like it just, I know I know what they were trying to do, but it just seemed like, it seemed kind of convenient that after all the negative press that they've got, that they go back and they throw a full episode of Mando, that there's the only relation to Book of Boba Fett is Fennec Shand at the end, which mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, they could have shot this for episode one of the next season of Mando, and then just reshot the end to include Fennec Shand just so they could drop it in here as sort of like a desperate uh, call to, because there was but so I, much Mandalorian history and backstory. Yeah, I like seeing that. And, and I love Mikey, it. You it know what I thought they did your, though? It. It I think like they did this. series. I think they sorry, Mike. I think they did this to show
3: uh, the the big. So I forgot how different Mando and Boba Fett were at this point. And then after seeing Mando in there, was like, oh wow, yeah, Mando's like following the rules of you know this and that,
0: and Boba Fett's just kind of like, no, nah, I'm just I'm I am Boba Fett. I'm making my diff- way in the galaxy, right? The difference. The difference was uh, Mando grew up in the Watch. He grew up as as a Mandalorian. As what are they called? I can't even think. Um, Foundling, mm-hmm. but Boba Fett wasn't, but Django was. Well, Django like, actually ruled
3: the Mandalorians in the comic book for a while. So I'm wondering if they're going to go back to that, or if they're going to acknowledge that they haven't said yet whether they're going to acknowledge the fact that Django was the ruler for a while there. Um, but yeah, that uh, what were we talking about there before?
1: No, just the fact that the Mando they they dropped it in and oh yeah
3: just, yeah. So I, yeah yeah Mike I was saying I think the only the main reason well to me was just again to show the difference of them. You know, like, yeah, it but,
1: just it just seems so disjointed based on
3: what we've seen so far. It's like a
4: Sopranos dream scene. I, I know. like know. Like, it, it was it like it's a Vigetis Sopranos dream, dream scene. It's, but it's, for me, yeah. I, I, it did seem random, but again, body of work. Let's see how all ten of the, like or whatever many episodes it's going to be, and let's see how it lays. There's in. two like,
3: left. Like, oh, oh, that was my next question. Thanks, oh, oh, Jimmy. No, thanks yeah, for
4: ruining yeah. my life. Thanks. Okay. Well, no, well, I need to know that.
0: That was going to be my next question. There's only two left. Okay. There's only two left. So. We're not going to see Grogu in, uh, oh, in no. Boba Fett. I think the, what they did is they brought him in as to they'll, they'll join the there. war yeah. and to tease season three yeah. of Yeah, Because yeah. in yeah. season three, Amando, you're going to see him and Grogu. You're and not going to see him the- anymore. They don't have enough time. No, last man.
4: thing there, guys, um, for on this subject, and then uh, we'll everybody go because Bonzi's up next. But uh, oh yeah, you know, we, the we rest just keep of Well, we'll just keep going. He owes this one. We gave him three hours last week when nah, we had to cancel. That's it okay. No, we, 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 and uh, anyone months. who just as a reminder who had to tune in after we canceled, Chris went all in on Daredevil last week, and it did real big numbers. So everyone <laughs> yeah, check that out. That was great. Thanks
3: for watching, everybody. Check out
4: the Daredevil episode. All right, what it was our favorite? Mike, I know you're you're hating on it, but what was your I'm favorite not- part? did uh, uh, d- What was your favorite part about, <laughs> about? What was your favorite part
1: about this latest
4: episode? Is
1: there anything that you liked about it? I did. It, don't get me wrong. I love Mandalorian. I love Mando. I, I this episode had it been part of the Mandalorian series, I would have been like. Thank, everything that Chris has taught me about Mandalorian history was given to me in a beautiful, dumbed down, easy to digest version. It was, version. wasn't it? That's a good point. Like, that's excellent. a good point. It was, yeah. Although, I, I will say, every time I hear Tor, it's Tarvisla, Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like an English Premier League team, like the <laughs> so Tottenham Spurs versus Torvizla. Um, right. I thought just that was it was brilliant. The the history, the, like the 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 whole learning the fact that the the dark saber, you can't you can't fight with it. You have to let it sort of guide you, which goes back to the principle of the Jedi's. The Jedi's didn't get their lightsabers until they could control their emotions, and then and you saw when um, uh, was it? It's Pass Vizla or past it's pre-Vizla. Oh, pause. Pause Vizla. What he was having the same issues. He couldn't swing the sword, he couldn't, he couldn't wield it properly. Mm-hmm. I thought like that stuff is brilliant, so good. Even the, 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 the haha funny with the uh taking the, the starfighter out there and, and getting busted by the X-wing. <laughs> hey, weren't you that guy yeah. that they, <laughs> You know, just some really cute moments and callbacks to to Phantom Menace The mm-hmm. you know, just the, the simple it's the little details. And this apparently uh, there's a, a great video. I think Screen Crush did a, a video on this of the 97 Easter eggs in this episode. Yeah. Screen and Crush it, is pretty good. I like it,
4: too. That's Todd, Kearn, Todd Kearns is a go to Todd and, Kearns, by the way, what his go to was this show. But now he's on Screen Crush. Yeah, hey, Todd.
1: Yeah. Come on, Todd. <laughs> I I'll give, I'll give him props Because there was some great stuff in there That I, yeah, yeah. I cool. went back and watched the episode Loved it, I loved the episode I just, in the book of Boba Fett You had me going one way With this show, and after episode 4 Like, I even cheered Danny T- uh, Trejo Coming in as the Rancor Keeper But then you hit episode 5 And it screams to me Yeah, we're losing people Let's bring Mando back So that we hook them in for the, the last Couple of episodes I,
4: but they would have filmed it before that conclusion, Michael.
1: Would they have? Or would they have already filmed episode <laughs> one of season three? Yeah. Like I said, you can Who
0: easily knows? chop bring in. it in.
4: they chop it in. But uh, yeah, fair enough. Jimmy, what did you like um, about well, one? Like? thing
0: where I don't agree with you that this could could have been a Mando that they dropped in mm. was the introduction of uh, introduction of BD-1. the little true. droid that was helping him with the one underneath egg. the ship. Yeah, because, the because it's kind of anything. funny how they introduce that that droid, and then they announce that they're bringing in the, the video game with him in it again. They're bringing uh, a sequel <laughs> in, so I, I, that's hey, James, one of the, way, the but that, uh, eggs. True, but true. That, that was so that's one thing. But I think I loved it because it's building his his army together. Because mm-hmm. this whole this whole series has been building an army. Now he has the Rancor. Now he has, now he has a, a black, got black K. T in there, man, or black yeah. K in there. Yeah. Yeah. We got black K. We got Fennec Shand. We got the, you know, the, the I mean, speeder Fennec bikers, cool. you know, we've got, we've, we've got this army that he's building mm-hmm. and they're hinting at getting more bounty hunters. So it's, it's going to be that is where it all came into is plus Mando owed him. He helped him get Grogu back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why he said, okay, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do it for nothing. That not only shows that the respect that Mando had for Boba Fett, but also the, the whole character of, you know, they're bringing in bounty hunters. Mm -hmm. That's just,
4: I love the, 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 the race, the subtle little r- when they were testing out the ship, and then oh, oh he-
1: Beggars Canyon, yeah, Beggar's Beggar's Canyon, Canyon. But,
4: then, but then he goes through there, and then you can see where the barricade was dropped, like when when little Annie ran over the barricade. That's oh, still, yes, still on the ground. Like, I didn't realize. <laughs> <it's just awesome.
0: laughs> I didn't realize until this episode that when they were doing the pod race, they were doing it through Beggars can- yeah. Canyon. Canyon. Mm. I had no idea. Oh, and it was a womp
1: rat? Did we not see a womp rat in this episode too? I
0: think so. Yeah, there was a womp rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny. So does um, that also kind of tease at the fact that they might be bringing in Ara Singh?
3: Mm-hmm. Or is she dead? That's a good question. I would love to see Ara Singh in there.
0: Because she, she was watching the race, the pod race through there, yeah. that area during uh Episode one mm-hmm. of uh, you know Star Wars Jimmy, one. we'll
4: have to check screen crush. No,
1: no, no, no. And do we get
0: <laughs>
4: do we
1: answer. get that kid back? I love how he said how when he hopped in the ship, he said wizard. Yeah, called Wizard, again, call back wizard back Annie to that kid. Yeah, maybe we see him, the old the Annie's buddy from when did Tatooine become the place to be? Like I thought everybody wanted off scene, and now everybody like it is the center of the galactic universe right but, now. But
0: it's it's the it's the outer rim and this and these two series are not actually you don't see any of the new republic or much of it other than the fighters because mm. this is the outer rim. This is the underbelly of the universe. Yeah. This is the stuff that you never saw in any of the Star Wars mm. franchise That's because really this cool. is kind of this, uh, like this is like the back alleys of uh, of most towns, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing your gangsters and your slumlords and, yeah. so it's, and- it's like the, it's the Daredevil of Marvel Universe,
3: man, is what it is. It's like Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Uh, Daredevil fights in Hell's Kitchen and this is where the bounty hunters fight is like the Hell's Kitchen of, uh, of Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, Jim, that's a good point. Great point, buddy.
4: It's a big, bright
1: blur. Well, well, now there's only two episodes
4: left. I'm away next week. You guys are going to have to take this one solo because I uh got a show. I got Yeah, well, I think the three of
1: us could handle it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, And who am I? I'm just an asshole on here. But uh – and I don't, let the, palm, don't let the palm trees fully in the background. It's only five degrees here in Florida, by the way. With, right. with
1: Brent away, at least, you know, Chris is a lot easier than pushing the button on me, right? It you you would it'd be my me. wife that would be I yeah, control. I would, I would totally never, kind, ever do worry. that, ever. So here's the thing.
4: Hey. Next week, what we're going to do. <laughs> Mike, I want to hear about your Royal Rumble in a minute. Jimmy, so listen. Jimmy, you've got, uh, you were talking about it on the Dumblendale Network this week. Uh, you're doing some stuff for Pink Shirt Day coming up. When is that? Because I want to get you, try to get you back on the show before we, uh,
0: February twenty third. I believe is Pink Shirt Day, and and we have like usually it's been me solo talking to a bunch of kids, and now I have you know a bunch of big celebrities, some uh, some gold medalists, some Olympians, nice. and it's gonna it's gonna be so much fun. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm trying not to think about it too much because I'm starting to get nervous about well, it. I we'll we'll, it's going to be. yeah. And, you know, you I'm used just dealing with Edmonton and now it sounds like I'm going to be talking to people. Well,
4: like we're going to do, we got a couple things coming up on this show too. We're going to do a little uh, little fundraiser for um, a little kid, Leaf fan, that's Chris put me on to, And we're going to get him on here and his dad yes. and they're going to talk about what they're doing. Um, but what I want to do, Jimmy, is um, get you on maybe the week before uh to talk about what you're doing so we can we can get it out there for mm-hmm. you and get some information
0: would oh, be
3: awesome thank you yeah um, here to help buddy
4: and um and then we'll let you go
1: okay mike yo you got one minute royal rumble go uh yeah, what can i say st louis so it was fantastic uh you know shouts to the uh to the grit couple yeah, <laughs>
4: has you down there. I was looking for. I couldn't watch it, but I was
1: looking for you to see if you are going to be in the road. I was on, hard, I was on hard camera side, so oh, you, yeah. there's a, there's a couple of shots. Uh, but it was it was just a great great weekend. Uh, say what you will about the WWE, they they treat uh, peeps quite well. Um, it was. Uh, First time to St. Louis, and and it was I I saw a lot of St. Louis guys. uh, um, A couple of buddies of Adams, we we decided to we had to go pick up some supplies for post rumble. Adam wanted a a certain bottle of of whiskey. Uh, (laughs) We may have stopped at a dispensary uh, along the way uh, for some of the other members of the party. Uh, Donuts was the other big thing. We spent four hours. We drove across state lines to Illinois, where I saw the greatest thing ever. There's a minor league ballpark just outside this industrial area right directly next to the ballpark was the dispensary. Oh, wow. And all we could think of was like, if your kid's playing ball, like I said, like first inning, like, Hey Jimmy, good job. Shoot peas, bud. Daddy'll be back in about the ninth inning. Um, he's going <laughs> over there. So I uh, no, it was, it was great fun. Uh, you know, the, the show was, was excellent. Uh, Adam and Beth did a, an amazing job. Uh, Miz is a good dude, you know, he did. He
4: cut a promo on, on my little Alex. And uh, when I was out with Allison chains and Coral. Oh, okay. he uh, nice. cut a.
1: he's like, go to bed Alex
4: or, you know, or whatever. And it was pretty, he was pretty all gentlemen, all class. So yeah. I did a good time. I'll be in St. Louis for a show on my birthday, which coincides actually on <laughs> February 23rd, Jimmy on pink oh. shirt day. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'll be in St. Louis on my birthday for that. And we'll try to do the whole thing, but we're going to get you on. Um, let's do the question. Mike where can we find you on?
1: Ah, uh, anywhere, you know. Hey, I'll, I'll catch me on uh, Leafs hockey. There you go, Chris. You can catch me on Leafs hockey. There we go. Kit Kat Chunky, Jeez. me and Brett oh, Burns. Yeah.
3: That's with so, uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's burned awesome. You,
1: still, yeah. Oh. So, but otherwise, yeah. No. Same old, same old, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. I again, I feel bad because I'm like the Debbie Downer of this series, and I yeah, love Boba Fett. I'm old school Boba lover. You got two uh, episodes I, to make up for it. They, no, no. I just got <laughs> two episodes to make up for it. But Jimmy, I think you're you're onto something, and I and I can't believe I didn't see that. How they were starting to to go down that building up your you know your squad. For the big, the big. What was that? <laughs> Chris was attacked by a cat today. Chris <laughs> was attacked by a cat. Yeah, that Beans was didn't crazy, it. Beans doesn't want to be on the TV. some crazy <laughs> force stuff going on, uh, but no, I was just saying, Jimmy, that you, you now that makes sense. And if next episode, if we see a Bosk or a dengar or a, you know, something like that would be, then then you got me back at least for the finale. So what a guy. Thanks, yeah. Michael. Thanks, boys. We'll talk again Jimmy, next week.
4: Thanks, buddy. Jimmy, where can uh, we we find you online and all the rest of it, buddy?
0: Okay, my Twitter is at JPWaite957, and my podcast is on the Dean Blondell network too. That's right, awesome, Jedi buddy. Jimmy. Check him Great out. Jedi He's Jimmy Podcast. Absolutely awesome.
4: destroying the
3: land with it. Uh you go Thursdays, right?
0: Uh, Thursdays, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Beautiful. Man.
3: Beautiful. As I was Brent's going on. Brent's on the road, man. So you're gonna have to come and co host a show with me here, my friend, and uh we'll have some fun.
0: We'll oh yeah, oh, good. I I'll already
3: am on the road. road.
4: I'm freezing cold in fucking Florida of all places. Anyways, yeah, that's weird. Jimmy, oh, love uh, love what you're doing, man. And you yeah, buddy, great points
3: there. tonight, man. I really love having you on the show. You made some really good points. It's great. To- I love hearing the Han Solo ones. Great. That's what I like to hear. Those ideas. You're like, whoa,
1: yeah.
0: Could you imagine? Like, who would have seen Luke showing up at the end of Mando though? That blew my mind. You got
4: dude, to do buddy. some work on old Han there. <laughs> look
0: they
3: will they will ever sure. ever no they'll do it man they'll do it but, but,
0: if, but that- think about it they have they have the they did the de-aging and they just hired that guy that's redid the de aging of Luke yeah. to Lucasfilm yeah. film too like because remember in Mando they did one thing and this other guy on I can't remember what it was on Deepfake
2: mm-hmm.
0: he did a better job of doing the de aging that I Lucasfilm do. hired him. Yeah, yeah. So the they could game. do the same thing to Han. The And stuff. then Chewie would be easy to do. You bring <laughs> Chewie back, <about, laughs> no just, problem, right? Give, you just give him a
3: haircut. Yeah, yeah just yeah. bring Chewie yeah, up, and then him in black, King, and it's already it's already a different actor. So hmm. yeah, yeah, it'd be a total like Western gunslinger moment. Would be really cool. Oh, yeah. that, that would be love it. Love
4: Thanks, it, Jimmy. See you, next, see you next. Right, see you care, Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Ooh. There we busy go. A long show, long buddy, busy, that, busy yeah. show, lots and lots going on. Huge. Thanks to Travis Orndorff. For, yeah. Thanks uh, Travis, buddy. Kind of wonderful. And uh, paying tribute to his late father, Mr. Wonderful, um, amazing stuff. And as he said, the greatest heel of all time. So there you go. In his opinion. Uh, and uh, you've got some news and we'll, we'll finish up with this.
3: Oh, we already, that's, I already talked about it. The, comic that's book one, we got the deal coming up. That's two,
4: but number three, look at that cover yeah. friends. Look yeah. at that.
3: It's it's a funny it's dark comedy on this one man dark comedy Correct. that guy there man he is like if the Ultimate Warrior and Negan from Walking Dead came, came together together
4: look at that yeah, that's make a that's great wrestling figure too like. make a great character too so, yeah it'll Just be awesome that my friends uh is a long kids on the
3: escalator that podcast. was hopefully well, well, you well, think my well, folks you know, made it done, through that we've one we've
4: done longer it's an hour and 26 we're looking at that's okay we've done longer bonzi's live right now on the network make sure you check him out everybody yeah. thank Sorry, you so Bonzi. much for tuning us up uh kids on the escalator.com right there make sure you check that out leave us a voicemail we are going to give away this next week so there you go Chris's Yay. uh thing. And everybody, thank you so much. That is Kids on the Escalator Podcast for another week. Dr. Johnny Fever, rest in peace, man. Just for you, buddy. Good times. that dudes. Good night. Thanks, everybody. Good night.
0: Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars.
1: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at TheAllyMars.com.
0: Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other,
4: and ourselves.